welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund, and this is a bonus episode. Um, I would like to shout out the Ghost Town podcast, hosted by Jason Horton and Rebecca Lieb. Uh, They're a great podcast. Uh, My favorite podcast currently of all time is We'll See You in Hell. And other than that, I don't listen to many podcasts. So I think it's safe to say that Ghost Town is probably my second favorite podcast. Um, full disclosure, I the early ones are my favorite. But that, kind of, that applies to We'll See You in Hell as well. I love those initial uh, commentary episodes. But... I wanted to shout out Ghost Town because Rebecca Lieb used to refer to their bonus episodes as bonies, Ghost Town bonies, Um, and I thought it was very funny. She hasn't done it in a while, so, but Rebecca, if you're listening, and I'm sure you're not, I miss the bonies, but this is an odd drummer gaming bony. Again, the name of this podcast is Baffling and Dumb. But anyway, in this episode, I will be talking about Cannibal Holocaust. Um, I had some thoughts on it, and I didn't want to minimize it into a movie beat segment, so I gave it its own bonus, bony, pardon me, uh, Drummer Gaming Bony episode. And I'm going to talk mostly about that, but a quick news beat. I'm calling this segment a news beat again because I'm a drummer. And every drummer marches to his own beat or her beat or their beat. Quick news beat. The teaser trailer for Avatar The Way of Water dropped. And my initial reaction was, I can't believe that people still give a shit about Avatar. And, you know, the first one came out, I think, in uh, 2009, I want to say. Um, you know, I, I liked Avatar. I, I mean, I, I'm not even sure if I can say I liked it. Um, I've seen it once. Never felt the need nor desire to watch it ever again. I liked it fine. I guess I can kind of understand why it, why so many people liked it and wanted to see it. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming it's because of the CGI. Maybe there were some revolutionary CGI techniques in it or that people really ex- uh, thought that these blue people existed. I, I don't really know why it's the highest grossing movie of all time. In terms of story, it's nothing amazing. It was kind of a bland story. Um, I, ca- I can't even recount the story at this moment. Um, and the immediately the thing that came to my mind was, Iron Man came out in 2008. Avatar came out in 2009. And Marvel 
went, let's just say Marvel went from Iron Man to Endgame before Avatar 2 could even get a teaser trailer out. So Marvel's in now Phase 4 before Avatar 2 teaser could come out. I mean, Endgame was, at this point, a few years ago. So they went from Iron Man to Endgame, and then after Endgame, there's No Way Home. They even got Doc Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness out before the teaser trailer for Avatar 2 came out. And when I first saw the I saw the thumbnail for the teaser trailer. It had gotten 8 million views in 18 hours. And I'm like, really? People really give a shit about Avatar still? Like, I don't know. I I figured the interest would have waned significantly over the years, over the 10, 11, 12, 12 years at this point. I mean, who thinks or cares about Avatar? And um, maybe because they they thought Avatar was so good that they dedicated a whole land, I believe, in Walt Disney World to Avatar. Avatar Pandora Land or something. I don't know how big it is. I don't know if it's a section or I don't even know if it's still there. But maybe a bunch of Disney freakazoids brought their kids over to Avatar Land, and then that opened up a whole no- a whole nother generation that weren't even born when Avatar came out, and they're like, now they're in their teens or their whatever, and they're like, oh, now we're excited for Avatar too. I have a theory. I have a theory that most people, if not all. Most, if not every human being on the planet, doesn't care about Avatar 2. But they think that everyone else cares about Avatar 2. And just because that, that makes them interested in it. And that kind of applies to everything like social media. It's like, we don't really care about the masked singer. But... Other people are watching it and thinking about it. So that means I should do it too. It's like it's like a sick, perverted version of peer pressure. I don't know. Psychologically driven peer pressure. So I don't think any individual really cares about Avatar 2. I think they just think everyone else does. So that's why it got 8 million views. I just checked right now. It has 12 million do- views in two days. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people just are interested in Avatar 2. I don't know. I Trailer looks good. I I mean, I'll probably watch it as a film fan cuz I like I like movies and I'm interested in it, but I'm not excited for Avatar 2. Like I don't I don't care about Avatar 2. Um that is the news beat. Um for the gaming beat, I'm still playing Breath of the Wild. I'm really enjoying it. Again, I gotta say, I get to a certain point after, like, I've been to a bunch of shrines. 
Um, I'm upgrading the armor. It's all very fun, but there is a certain point where it's like it does get repetitive. And there's a point where I don't, I just stop get feeling enthusiastic about going on with the game. And I know in the last episode, I was very enthusiastic about playing it. And I still, I'm enjoying it. I, I, I love the game, but it gets repetitive and you get towards the end of that game. Where I don't necessarily want to go through those three mazes. Because those are brutal and I'm probably going to check out a guide just being real i don't necessarily want to fight the um the guardian beasts divine beasts again i i know this kind of ruins the game for most people and probably for me but i might access a guide for those two they're they're frustrating i don't know so I don't necessarily want to do the Divine Beasts, although I, I know you get the special abilities at that point. So I'm still enjoying it, but once you get towards the end, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. It's all about the journey, not the destination. Am I right? I'm wrong, aren't I? Um, I'll give you a mini movie beat for this bony episode. Um, the Marilyn Monroe doc, which technically I can't talk about because I checked, I got 11 minutes into the first, I'm not even sure if it's a series or a movie. I got 11 minutes in and I stopped it. So they, they have... This guy apparently recorded like hours. I think he says something like 400 hours of audio tapes to make some sort of Marilyn Monroe documentary or something that he was putting together. And so the audio that they play during the documentary is real and actual people connected to Marilyn Monroe. And Marilyn Monroe, I... I really know nothing about. I just, I've seen her images over the years all the time, black and white. She's a beautiful gal. But I don't know anything about her. And I was I saw the thumbnail coming soon. I was interested in it because I'm like, well, I, I know of her. I'm interested in learning more about her. I like documentaries, so let's do it. And then they do this weird weird thing that I immediately hated the entire doc and I hated everyone involved, which is not fair, but they even, they even explain it up top. They said the audio in this documentary is very real. It's completely real, but we hired actors to lip sync. I'm like, why would you do that? Why? Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartbreak. I don't know the lyrics. Um, I thought it was such a weird thing. Whoever, like whoever thought of that idea is probably like, man, I thought of this dope idea. What if we hired actors to lip sync to the audio? I thought it was so fucking dumb. Um immediately it was a complete turn off on the doc i'm like you know what i'll just read i'll read the wikipedia whatever 
I couldn't do it. 11 minutes. 11 minutes. That's your mini movie beat. Let's talk Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, Quickly or not so quickly, I'm going to talk about my history with horror because much like Pat Walsh of We'll See You in Hell, I didn't like horror as a child because I was a pussy. Um, that was a, a Chia Pet reference. Full disclosure, I thought of that um, I thought of that during work a few days ago, and I, I knew for a fact that I was going to do that on the podcast. And I did. And I'm proud of myself, if I'm being honest. Um, as a child, I never liked horror. Horror. It scared me. Um, I have a weird, vague memory of being in a drive-in with either my aunt or my cousin um, and the rest of my family. But we were watching, I think we were watching Never Ending Story. And the image I have in my head is some sort of like lobster monsters or crab monsters just walking. They're just walking. They're not even doing anything particularly sinister. They're just walking or marching. And that scared me. I was like, I went to my aunt or my cousin. I was like, that's me and my relationship with horror as a, in a nutshell. And I, I know that never ending story is not, horror i'm just saying i was scared as a child Um, my cousins in the philippines would tell me terrifying stories of these entities called white ladies um coincidentally i would go on to meet many white ladies in america and they're even more terrifying than the ghosts folks um, there's some hot white ladies out there. I gotta say. I gotta say. But in the Philippines, they're, they're, they call them white ladies. I don't know why they call them white ladies. It, it actually kind of sounds a little racially provocative, but there's just these legends of white ladies in the Philippines and I don't know the exact, I mean, they're, they're ghosts, they're legends, right? So part of the legend is if you, if you're driving on a lonely, lonesome highway and it's lightly raining and you see one on the side of the freeway, it means you will die soon. It it could be a day, could be a week, could be a month, could be years, but it means you're going to die soon. And that terrified me. And they sometimes put this in movies, like in, they'll just put scenes of white ladies in movies walking with like a veil around their head. It's creepy. It's creepy imagery. It kind of reminds me of the Yorona, which by the way, it's pronounced Yorona, not Lalorna, Pat and Joe, as if you're listening and supporting me in my personal endeavors. Yorona. But that scares me too. 
I'm I'm just a scared man boy. Uh, to this day, I am a scared man boy. Um, what was I talking about? White ladies, Yorona. I don't like horror. I still don't like horror. I gotta be honest. Um, I started watching more horror because of We'll See You in Hell. They are a predominantly horror, sci-fi, fantasy podcast, but they've opened up over the years to other genres. But they're my favorite podcast, and they review horror movies. So I started watching them more and more a few years ago. And the first horror movie to really freak me out was the first Conjuring movie. Spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't seen that first uh, Conjuring movie, but three, two, one, spoiler. The wardrobe, the, the creature on the wardrobe, the ghost on the wardrobe, whatever, that really freaked me out. And when something, when a movie freaks me out, even as a, a an old cranky man with back problems in his 30s, I'll sleep with the light on. I'll admit it. Sometimes things with creepy imagery, it freaks me out. It just does. Um, hereditary, like the, the jump scare was scary, but it didn't stick with me. What stick with me in Hereditary was... There's like an eight-second scene in Hereditary when it's... I think it was towards the beginning of the movie where Toni Collette goes up to her mom's room. And the mom's room is like dark and musty and dusty. And she's looking into the room and it's it's dark. And she kind of sees... She kind of thinks she sees the ghostly figure of her mother but she she had died the mom had died recently so and the facial expression on tony collette's face is like she's like squinting and her mouth is agape and she's looking into the darkness like what the fuck and that scene stuck with me that was the most memorable scene in the whole, whole movie to me and I understand that a little girl gets decapitated by a telephone pole, but that that eight-second scene really freaked me out and stuck with me. The Slender Man doc freaked me out just because of the the atmospheric music, the subject matter, the audio, and the the imagery of the Slender Man. Um, and it's spoiler alert. Um, Slender Man isn't real; it's fictitious. No, that's a friend's reference. Phoebe, Phoebe Buffet. I'm going to a buffet today. Should be fun. Buffet is the worst thing for you. I've been trying to lose weight for approximately eighty years. I'm getting off topic. Slender Man, it's freaky. Um, 
So I started watching more horror because of We'll See You in Hell, but it's still not my go-to genre at all. Um, I I kind of like to watch it now just because it's different from what I normally watch. My favorite types of movies are like feel-good movies, like I Love You Man, 500 Days of Summer, or like things going back to my teenage years like monsters inc i have a it's tied to a good memory so those are my favorite types of movies and horror is a, it's associated with negative feelings negative emotions fear uh darkness the dark side uh witchcraft um murder rape It's like it doesn't give you a good feeling. And I understand that horror is huge and people love it for different reasons. But it's just not not really my thing. Even though I I like to watch it now, it's not my favorite genre or it's not even one of my favorite genres. And let's get to Cannibal Holocaust. So for years, I've heard about this movie, Cannibal Holocaust. I saw the thumbnail I've heard it has, uh, it's one of the most controversial, disturbing movies ever made because, mostly because of the animal cruelty and animal killings in the movie. And so I watched that. Well, I, I never thought I would watch it because I heard all this stuff about it. And then I saw that Cursed Films, their new episode, was on Cannibal Holocaust. And immediately I went to Shudder. And I'm like, am I going to watch it? Am I really, am I going to pull the ripcord? Am I going to rip off the band-aid? Am I going to watch this movie? Because I know it's something that you can't unsee. It's something you can't unexperience. It's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Or, you know, it reminds me of that um, Luca Magnata. There is, he videotaped himself. This is going to be squeamish one. So I understand if you want to pause this podcast, delete me off of your podcast feed. Forget I ever existed. Find out where I live. Punch me in the mouth. Pull my one of my teeth out. Put it under your pillow. And then wait for the tooth fairy to come and be like, Bitch, this ain't your fucking tooth. Why are you pulling other te- people's teeth? Um, And then you'd be like, Tooth fairy, why are you cussing at me? This is a squeamish one, so if you want to... If you want to watch the next one, which... Watch the next one. Anyway, let me go on. Luca Magnata filmed himself... um, Wounding and killing and decapitating, I believe, an Asian-Canadian man. And I haven't seen that. I don't want to see that. It's very real. It's very disturbing. It's very disgusting. I... In the documentary about it, people like young children were watching it. 
And it's not something you can unsee or unexperience. And that's the same with Cannibal Holocaust. And I know animal killings is not the same as killing a human. But let's move on. So I never really, I thought I would never watch this movie. But I did. Um, and it was, it was disturbing. It was disgusting. I need to get this elephant in the room off of my chest before we continue with the episode. I want to talk about animal cruelty, animal killings in relation to what we eat. And I know I know this is an annoying subject for some. It's an annoying subject for me sometimes. But I this is what immediately came to my mind. I I also watched Cannibal Holocaust with the Joe Bob commentary. And I'm actually not sure how much I like Joe Bob, if at all. Because I feel like it's more that I want to like him because Joe and Pat like him a lot. So I feel like I should. And he's part, he's a staple in the horror community, in the movie community. But I, I, I don't know if I like him yet. I'll, I'll keep watching. I've watched a handful of his episodes, but I'm, I'm not sure. So in the Joe Bob comment, I'm sorry I'm meandering all over the place, but in, in the Joe Bob episode, they don't really delve into the subject that much. But there is a sketch-like, I don't know if it was a sketch or not, but Darcy says she's vegan, and I'm assuming that's true. And she says she's going to cook vegan barbecue. And then the, Joe Bob's going to barbecue stuff of his own. He says it's turtle soup. And then Yuki um, is barbecuing... Uh, I don't know, Japanese yakiniku or something like that. I don't know how much of a sketch it was, but they don't really talk about the vegan and meat stuff too much in that episode, even though even there even though there was a mini sketch about it. So I had a. I worked in an office years ago and there was a girl who worked there. Full disclosure, full disclosure. I don't think she'll ever listen to this. She was a beautiful girl. She just was and there's I have I just had to say it. And she was vegan. And our other coworker was beautiful as well. I was like this is very distracting. I'm trying to enter numbers into an Excel sheet, and there's just these hot girls in the office. God damn it. I apologize if that's inappropriate. I apologize. But I don't work there anymore because the boss fired me because he's a fucking prick. So it doesn't matter. But one of the girls was vegan, 
the other girl was vegetarian and they were friends and they would talk to each other and i didn't talk to them that much i didn't talk to any to anyone in the office that much because i'm a mute when i when i'm out in public when i'm at work i'm mostly a mute i don't talk to anyone ever but they would have these conversations of about veganism about vegetarianism and one thing that stuck with me was they were saying that well people always argue that there's a difference between cats and dogs and cows like how come you won't eat a cat and dog but you'll eat a, a cow there's no difference and i'm not here to argue that point because i'm not that smart but i i personally didn't have an argument for that even though i wasn't talking to them i was just overhearing that but i agreed with them they're like I don't think there is a difference between cat, dog, or cow. It's still a living, breathing animal with a soul, with eyes, and a brain, and da-da-da-da-da-da. Yada, yada, yada. And so I kind of, ran, well, not randomly, but after hearing that conversation, I decided to try to stop eating less meat, and then eventually I tried veganism. I, I went vegan for, I want to say, about a year. And I felt great. I felt great morally. I lost a bunch of weight. I felt great health-wise. It felt great. It's just hard to maintain that lifestyle when everyone around you eats meat, including your wife and your parents. And my parents took me to Raising Cane's, which is like a fried chicken joint out here. And it was in the middle of my vegan thing. And there, from what I recall, there was really nothing on the menu non-meat other than like the French fries. And my parents, I know my mom was like excited to bring me there because she likes the food. She's excited to eat food and show me the food. And I just sat there sulking, eating French fries. And I was like angry at them. I'm like, why would you bring me here? And I kind of felt that they were trying to impose their food beliefs onto me or whatever. I felt like a teenager, even though I was in my 30s. But anyway, this is going to relate to Cannibal Holocaust. Trust me. Just trust me. So it is difficult to maintain that lifestyle when everyone around you eats meat so eventually i stopped and currently i am not a vegan i was never a vegan i was just trying veganism i guess for a while and so the biggest thing the biggest issue of to me and to most people i'm assuming in cannibal holocaust is the animal killings because, you know, yes, violence towards women is gross and disturbing. Rape is gross and disturbing. Murder, gro gross, disturbing. But it's all fake in the movie. You know, um, I, I watched the Cursed Films episode. 
And I will say up top that the woman in the movie, um, Francesca Chiardi, she was, um, she did feel like distress during the movie, a lot of negative feelings. And that's very unfortunate. You know, director Ruggiero Diodato would tell her stuff, promise her stuff, like, this is what we're going to do. I promise, I promise. And then he would go too far. And that's not cool. That sucks. And that's very unfortunate, and that's not right. But at the same time, it, it's nothing compared to what happens to the animals in the movie. So... I'll be honest, like, I'll see, well, the first, the first rape scene in the movie is disturbing because this guy rapes her and then he shoves a, a phallic object into her. I thought it was made out of stone, but Joe Bob, I think, mentioned, he said it was made out of wood. It looked like stone to me. He keeps shoving gross stuff into this poor girl's body and, like, kills her. And then Joe Bob was comparing this to the killing of the Koti or Koati. And, I mean, I didn't didn't really like his comparison because, again, you are comparing an actor raping or fake raping an actress compared to a a man actually killing an an animal on screen i i really didn't like that comparison i thought it was kind of dumb i mean the actor and the actress got paid it's fake and yes rape is disturbing violence towards women is disturbing but you're acting a, a scene in a fictitious movie compared to killing an actual animal on screen so i didn't understand that comparison i didn't like it i thought it was kind of dumb and he was saying like the, the double standard the hypocriticalness of it i didn't like it i didn't understand the comparison and that's kind of where my Um, opinion lies is that the violence towards women and the rape towards women it's it wasn't as disturbing to me because i know it's fake it's a fictitious movie and i know that stuff happens in real life and that stuff is disturbing but again within the context of this movie when comparing fake rape to actual animal killings uh the actual kill at killing of animals is much more disturbing. So I know that the argument is, well, they killed animals to eat them. Um, not so much the snake, not so much the tarantula, but the coati or cody. Even the monkey, to some extent, I guess, the two monkeys. Um, the poor, poor fucking bastard of a turtle. Um, and here's the thing. The, the obvious argument is, 
and what I'm trying to get at is that, and one of the actors appears in the Cursed Films 2 episode. And he's like, well, people eat ham every day. And that's that's the rub for me. People, I don't understand the people who are disturbed by what happens in this movie. But they'll eat a hamburger, maybe even while watching the movie, like at a dine-in theater. They're eating a popcorn chicken while a, a turtle's being killed and dismembered. I, I apologize in advance, but let me talk about this turtle killing for a second. They fucking put a knife to this turtle's neck. And it's little tiny legs start shaking back and forth. It's very disturbing. I don't recommend this movie if you're squeamish or if you if you can't handle animal cruelty. But again, that's where my rub is. And I understand this is hypocritical on me as well because I, I currently eat meat. So, I don't like how people can be disturbed by this movie because of the animal cruelty, but still eat meat. I know that's a controversial take to make, even while... Because I am one of those people. I'm disturbed by what I saw in this movie, but I do eat meat. And I don't... I have to recognize that about myself. I don't like that about myself. I wish I could go vegan. I want to go vegan. And a vegan would tell tell me, it's easy. Just don't eat meat. Just don't eat dairy. And, you know, there is the social pressure of it, of people around me eating meat. But it is up to me whether I want to go vegan or not. Personally, I kind of like how this movie is dredging up these kind of thoughts and emotions within me personally that it's kind of making me think about what I eat and maybe want to go veganism again that's a cool aspect of the movie I I don't think that's an intended aspect or intended goal of the movie I don't think at all I think it's a coincidental after effect of watching this movie um but here's the thing, if I had to rank people, uh, bear with me, my brain's all over the place and I apologize, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I rank vegans at the top because I respect them dearly and I respect them for how they don't eat meat, they don't eat dairy, they, they try their best to avoid uh, animal suffering on their part and I respect them that's why I put them at the top in the middle I'll put people who eat meat and and just own it or or even like hunters people are like I refuse to eat meat that I didn't kill and they'll go out and they'll hunt They'll kill the animals, they'll scrape them, cook them themselves. I respect those people second under vegans. 
I wish they didn't have to, and I'll be honest, they don't have to. That's why I respect vegans more. But, you know, a lot of people love meat, but I respect the people who love meat and they'll kill it and cook it themselves. And then at the very bottom, which is where kind of it's where I am as well. It's people who are offended by animal cruelty, such as cannibal holocaust. But they still eat meat because I still eat meat. But there's no way in hell they're going to go out there and and hunt and kill their own meat. I'm not going to go out there and kill a fucking pig. But I'll eat it. That's what makes me fucking sick. But I'm hoping in the future I'll I'll stop doing it. I really do. I really do. Um, Pat Walsh on We'll See You in Hell. I love Pat. I love Joe. I love their show. I love the boys. I love the boys. But he, he said a few times that he hates it when Joaquin Phoenix goes up there after he wins a war, an award and he talks about cows and he sounds like he's on drugs because he probably is. And I, I just have to say I respectfully disagree with Pat Walsh's stance on it because I know Joaquin Phoenix is a vegan and has been vegan for a long time. I was reading an interview about him a, a long time ago where he said he was on a boat or something and he saw a, another boat and there was fishermen like actively killing fish. I don't know what they were doing, either taking knives to fish or throwing fish against a wall. I forget what the what happened, but he saw it. He saw the barbarism, barbaricism about it. And he like yelled at his mom, why didn't you tell me that's what we were eating? Or he was like, I had no idea that's what we were eating, something like that. And that's that was kind of a impactful event on why he started it. He became vegan. And I, I respect the fuck out of that. Um, and so there is this decades, decades, decades long journey for Joaquin Phoenix to become vegan, um, engage in vegan activism. And when he, when he gets an award, he, he takes his, you know, 15, 20 seconds opportunity or however long it is to talk about something he's passionate about. And he's passionate about veganism. And I understand to most people and to Pat included, and I, I'm not necessarily faulting him. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, of course. And I think most people believe in this, that, oh, here here comes Joaquin Phoenix, this dumbass, going to preach to us about inseminating cows or whatever. But he's talking about something he's passionate about. And, you know, the meat industry, cows and pigs, and they get slaughtered like, I don't know the statistic, but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of animals, these beautiful, smart animals get slaughtered all the time, every time. 
and he wants to do any and Joaquin wants to do anything he can to at least tell people about alternative whatevers because I, I know even dairy it's like cows are in a basically a fenced in cage just big enough for them to stand up so they can't even sit they can't even I don't know the details. I don't even know if that's accurate, but I'm assuming that's true where they just stand and they get milked and milked and milked. That's what they're made for. They're made for milking and milking and milking. And that's all they do. That's their whole life. They can't even move. They can't even graze. They can't sit. They can't sleep. Maybe they sleep, but they can't lay down. The... The... It's horrendous, the kind of situation they're in. And I remember Kevin Smith, long before his heart attack, long before he even went vegan, because he used to write, he used to read articles on his podcast with Scotty Moe, Scott Mosier. He was telling this story about how a person had to, his their whole job was to be de-beak chicks. So they would like drop chicks down a chute or something, and then this guy would just take a machine and de-beak chicks. Uh, this episode is disgusting, but I think it's appropriate for the Cannibal Holocaust episode. By the way, um, the reason this is a bony episode is because I consider this podcast predominantly covers... It was supposed to cover video movies about video games, and that quickly moved away to include comic books. And then I started talking about Cowboy Bebop for a minute. So it's m- mainly like geek-type movies, but horror is not one of the genres I'm going to be focusing on unless I want to. But mostly it's... I'm not going to be talking about horror on here. But I just kind of wanted to talk about Cannibal Holocaust. Just like randomly, I wanted to talk about Alan V. Farrow. This podcast is a fucking mess. Anyway, I love Pat. I love Joe. And it's ma- it's mainly Pat. He's like, Joaquin Phoenix goes up there. He's a fucking idiot. He's on Oxycontin. And he talks about cows there are bigger issues and i understand there are bigger issues but this issue is important to joaquin phoenix and i respect joaquin for going up there and talking about something he's passionate about because i know he's passionate about veganism and he just wants to raise the discussion so i respectfully disagree with pat walsh's stance on that but uh, still i love pat and joe i love the boys i couldn't love them more could not love them more. But that's my stance on the animal cruelty portion of it. it I, I do find it kind of hypocritical, again, even though I am in this camp currently, for people to be disturbed by this movie and call it an outrage. But yet cows are slaughtered every second of every day. So it's like, I'll I'll eat the hamburger, but I don't want to see them slaughtered. As long as I don't see them slaughtered, 
it doesn't bother me and I'll eat the hamburger. And that's shitty. Again, I eat meat. It's terrible. But it it sucks when people are like, oh, that turtle scene's disturbing, but they eat animals. And for the most part, I believe that most of the animals in the movie were killed to be eaten. I believe that's true. Um, I don't like the idea of slaughtering animals for entertainment, for a movie. But again, I, I do believe they ate the animals. But really, who? how many people are eating fucking turtles? You know? I've never seen Apocalypse Now. I'm kind of... I'm hesitant, obviously, but I watched Cannibal Holocaust, so it's also another level of weirdness because Apocalypse Now, that that scene happens in the Philippines, and I'm Filipino. I'd like to tell a quick story, a disturbing story. This whole episode is very disturbing. When I was a young boy... I took a vacation with my family in the Philippines. I must have been maybe 10, 12, around there. And there was a a pig, basically a slaughterhouse across my grandmother's house. So I was staying at my grandmother's house, and there's a pig slaughterhouse across the street. If you're squeamish, I mean, you better click off this podcast. I apologize. So I saw a group of men, maybe six, seven, eight men. Ugh. They pull out this gigantic pig. Um, the pig was huge. I don't know how to describe how big it was, but it was a huge pig huge and i saw them kill this pig so they they have it kind of like tied down a little bit this is disturbing just talking about it they have it restrained somehow but they still have these seven eight guys handling them they have this big wooden they have it's like a f- big flat wooden paddle with a handle and they take this paddle and they whack it on the head as hard as they could i guess to stun it or something i don't know maybe maybe it's some form of sympathy that they try to stun it and numb it before they kill it. I'm not sure. But really, after they hit it on the head, it's, it just starts to squeal. Like, I can't make noise, but... And it's a huge pig again. And and they kill it. I don't know what they use to kill it. Either a knife or some sort of spear to pierce its stomach or heart. or I don't know. Um... It was very disturbing. I 
again, I, I was just watching from my grandmother's house and I, they did it out in the open. It wasn't in some back room, like the doors were wide open and I saw this happen and it, it wasn't like a show. It wasn't like everybody come over here and look, everyone come, we're going to kill a pig. It wasn't that type of thing. They just, the doors were open. They brought it out. I don't think it was out. It was just in the slaughterhouse, but near the doors and I could just see it. And here's the kicker. Can I tell you, folks, one of those men was me. No, I'm kidding. But one of those men was my cousin. So my, I, I, I actually think the guy who hit, who used the paddle was my cousin. This was a very long time ago, so the details are a little shady. But my cousin, who, you know, hours before was taking me to the corner to buy bubble gum and who I thought I loved, or I probably do still love him. I haven't talked to him in decades. But he is hitting this gigantic pig with a paddle and then slaughtering it. Filipinos also, they save the innards. They call it dinuguan. I've never eaten it. I don't want to eat it. Um, it's it's kind of like, I don't know what you would call it, pig stew or something. All, all, Filipinos also have a weird custom of they they roast the pig. They have the roasted whole head of the pig on the table at the fiesta or whatever. They were doing this for like a wedding. It might have been my other cousin's wedding. But um, they have the whole pig's head, maybe with an apple in its mouth. Actually, I don't know if it's... It's either the head or the whole pig. But they usually have it just on the table at the Filipino party. Now, I don't mean to be... I'm not trying to judge my own countrymen, country people, nationality. It's just weird. It's just weird, goddammit. You walk into a party, you're like, Hey, cousins, hey, aunt, uncle, what's there to eat? Giant, giant pig head on the table. What the fuck was I talking about? Cannibal Holocaust. Um, I think we're done talking about animal cruelty and animal killings. I think that satisfies that. I'm at 55 minutes. As for the movie... I will say this. I don't think this movie... I really don't think this movie would have been talked about ever if not for the animal killings on screen. Maybe that's not fair to say. And we will never know because history happened as it happened. But you take the animal killings out of this movie and what do you have? Yeah, disturbing violence against women... Um, rape, killing, cannibalism, but it's all, again, it's all fake. 
you know, Green Inferno is not talked about as much as Cannibal Holocaust as one of the most disturbing movies of all time. Although I, I do want to watch Cannibal Holocaust just because I, I have uh, faintly become a fan of Eli Roth ever since I watched Finn. And I, I like what he has to say. And I, I liked seeing him on Joe Bob. Um, he talked about Mother's Day and the house by the cemetery. And I, he seems like a cool dude. But you take the animal cruelty, animal killings out of this movie. I don't think anybody's talking about it. Uh, I was about to say 22 years later, but 1980 was a 42 years later. Jesus Christ. I don't think they'd be talking about it, but maybe I'm wrong and we'll never know. But as for the movie, the movie's kind of cool. Story's kind of cool. Um, these four documentarians, well, the director of the documentary, the scriptwriter, a cameraman, and a, like, I don't know, production assistant or something, four of them travel to a foreign country to make a documentary about, I don't know, this foreign tribe or something. And they're not heard back from. They don't know why, so this other documentarian decides to go over there to kind of try to see what's going on, maybe rescue them. But when he gets over there, he finds that the four of them have died, but he sees their camera reels. So essentially, he recovers the camera reels, goes back to, I think, New York, and... Um, the main professor documentarian, by the way, who goes over to the place to rescue them and finds them dead. He was a former porn star. He was the man in Debbie Does Dallas. That's one thing I did not like about the Cursed Films episode is like three times they kind of disparage porn. Um, one guy was like, Cannibal Holocaust, it's not porn, it's not vulgar, it's a movie, it's a fictional movie. So that was one. Two, one guy was like, I was afraid that Kerman, who was that actor, the main actor in the movie, I was afraid that Kerman would be known for being in Cannibal Holocaust or being in porn. Then the off-screen interviewer is like, what do you think's worse? And then the guy's like, probably being in Cannibal Holocaust. And he kind of smirks. That was two. Three was, um, I forget. But there was a third one where they're like, um, she's not a porn actress. She's a... She's a movie actor. Uh, I don't know. I, I I understand this is how they looked at. They see porn. This is how most people see porn. Everyone watches porn. This is what I say about it. Everyone watches porn. Even if you don't watch porn. Yes, you do watch porn. Porn never gets the respect it deserves, and it never will, and it's very unfortunate. 
people view porn stars as the dregs of society and they are <coughs> they are performing sex acts for our viewing pleasure they get no respect for it most of the things they do you wouldn't be willing to do in real life maybe that's not fair maybe that's not true maybe you're a freak in which you know dm me later but i i just i didn't like that aspect it was it was a minor aspect of the documentary episode but porn stars deserve better than what they get and i don't think they ever will and it's unfortunate everyone has sex but these people have sex on camera they perform they create the fantasy that you wish you were having in real life and then we we look at them as the dregs of society which is unfortunate anyway um so this guy Kerman what's his name um Robert Kerman he go uh he comes back to New York and he's presenting to these people who want to show the documentary to show what happened but Kerman was like it's very disturbing I don't think we should and for like the second half of the movie they actually show what they shot and it's 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 a conceit it's an interesting story technique that i don't think i've ever seen before because it's a it's a major part of the movie they don't show like documentary clips they show long parts of the clips and that's a major part of the movie and i thought that was interesting i thought the story of cannibal holocaust was kind of interesting um i thought the movie was it's so meta it's 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 like so meta it's it's eating a snake that's eating a snake that's eating a snake and i can imagine people in 1980 losing their minds because they think it's a snuff film they think it's real and that's a cool aspect of the legend of this movie it, and it's it's always com- compared to Blair Witch Project which i i haven't seen any of them but i remember a, a kid in high school talking about the Blair Witch Project as if it was real and he was like but they never they never show the witch at the end so it's it's got to be real and that that's a cool part of the movie to me and i like how director ruggero deodato he asked them to sign contracts not to appear in films for a year to make people think that the movie was real i like that aspect about it, about it it's like rock like the guy says in the documentary it's rock and roll but one of the actors carl york says he never signed a contract he never showed up in court so i mean who knows I liked what I liked some of the things that this movie was going for. It's an interesting movie. 
It's so meta. Um, it's a fictitious movie. And, but the animal killings in the movie are real in a fictitious movie. And in the documentary footage, at that point where they, I think it's when they see the young girl impaled by the wooden stick pole, the director is smiling. And then the cameraman goes, hey, watch it, I'm recording. And then he he shakes his smile off and then he goes, this is appalling, it's disturbing, this is so gross. I can't believe human beings are capable of this disturbing behavior so within the movie they are commentating com commenting on um the fakeness of documentaries and how documentaries are often performative at one point the the documentary the filmmakers um they force a bunch of people into huts and then they set the huts on fire to film it for the documentary at one point two of the guys start raping a young girl and then the the scriptwriter female francesca chiardi is like why do you need this why are you doing this so she tries to stop it and at the end at the very end of the movie this this line sums up the whole movie but he's like I wonder who the real cannibals are. And I thought that was kind of cool. That was an interesting commentary. But the whole thing is so meta, 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 meta. Because um, it's a fictitious movie. Tried to be made real. But the animal killings in it are real. I'm repeating myself. I'm sorry. Um, I think I should wrap this up soon. Because I'm repeating myself. But interesting movie i i'm glad i i'm glad i watched it because i feel like as a movie fan it's a rite of passage um i feel like i have ripped the band-aid off but it is a disturbing movie it's it's very hard to watch i thought i would look away i'm I'm kind of glad I didn't, but it is, it's very hard to watch. The turtle scene is so sad. It is so sad, but animals get slaughtered every day. There was a point a few years ago where I was fascinated by animal videos where predators catch prey and then eat them I, I don't know why I was just fascinated by it and I would actively seek out those videos like while I was at work at these office jobs that I didn't give a fuck about and um, that led me to the Instagram account nature is metal and a recurring point that they keep making is that you know, in nature, when a lion catches a uh, a warthog cub or something and eats it, 
within nature, this is not emotional. There is no sympathy involved. There's no empathy involved. There is there's no sadness. This is just a lion eating food. That's all it is. And I understand it. And it's humans that bring emotion into it, which I understand also. And you start to think, well, you know, there was a mother, a mother warthog, and that's her baby. But if the lion doesn't do that, then the lion dies. So it's it's an it's it's like the Lion King said, it's a circle of life, and there's nothing we can do about it. I have since I haven't watched videos like that in a while, and I think I had to. I mean, I I haven't been on social media for a few months now, so this doesn't really affect me. But I remember scrolling through Instagram. It's mostly hot girls, just going to be honest. And then all of a sudden, I'd, I'd see uh, a lion carrying the head of a monkey. I'm like, come on. Boner goes up. Boner goes down. I think that's a good way to, to end this episode. Um, that's all I got. This is going to be a bony, as I said, and the next scheduled episode is Superman 4, which is an old... I recorded that episode before Doctor Strange and in the Multiverse of Madness, so we're going a little out of order. I kind of want to go back to the roots of this podcast, because um, I, I started off with like Super Mario Brothers... And then I recorded like some of the Laura Crofts. So I'm going back out to the list of movies based on video games. And Double Dragon is next on the list. I've never seen it. I remember playing the game. But I might do that next. Um, but I also kind of wanted to do like Superman Returns and then Man of Steel. But I'd, I don't consider this a Superman podcast or even a comic book podcast. It's supposed to be, but it started with movies based on video games. So I don't know. I don't know. I hope you are well. I hope you are taking care of yourself and your family and your friends. And if I can leave you with um, a piece of advice, don't abandon your fa- your friends. All right? Don't fucking abandon your friends. Just don't do it. All right? And if you do, fuck you. If you like Final Fantasy VII, please check out youtube.com slash... What the fuck is it? Um, YouTube.com slash Gaming. If you like video g- drums and video games, check out youtube.com slash drumj8. You know, I will say this about YouTube. Um, it's very hard to succeed on YouTube when you wish you were dead. Maybe they should call it you dead. Or I dead. 
you know who's dead? Steve Jobs is dead. He's using his I dead right now. Thanks for listening. Stay odd and keep on playing.